and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 115. I had to make sure I got that right for a second there. It is uh, still August 15th, which you guys might be confused then why uh, this is being recorded right after episode 112, but actually was this, this is being recorded before 113 and 114. And I'm your host, of course, Cameron Shustarn, with me is James Seelig. The reason for this is because currently, as you are listening to this episode, I am a I'm probably currently in the state of Georgia in the city of Savannah and hanging out with some friends there because uh, I am next week or later on this week, I guess, technically going to be in like Disney World and Universal Studios uh, hanging out with the two Brandons from Apollo City Comics. We're all going to uh, the parks there to have a good time and just travel for once in two years, basically. And so... Because of that, we actually don't have time, James and I don't have time to record, I won't be here, to record 115 and 116, so we had to actually figure out how to do these ones, and we're like, oh, well, we still have a backlog of stuff to talk about, we could knock it out in these two episodes, and they'll still be regular numbers, that's why we did say, like, backlog specials are done, and we will just have those instead, so no news in these two episodes, Uh, you won't get news again until 117, which will just probably take the best of three weeks and put that into like two topics again maybe three at the most i doubt it um we'll see if there's anything like that we just can't miss or whatever yeah because honestly if sony actually finally does their uh belated e3 type showcase we'll see without it yeah so at this point yeah we're still you know august 15th no mention of that not even on the horizon they haven't even teased it nothing we're still waiting on that and uh until then it's just kind of maybe gamescom but even then i don't even know if there's anything worth talking about at gamescom i'm not even sure that'll probably be like episode 113 or 14 if we do at the very most but instead you know we're just going to talk about more of our backlog stuff here and keep catching up but dude i gotta i gotta say first before we do i'm i'm tired man (laughs) i'm tired it's it's been interesting because like you know, we're we're trying to reformat certain things. We're making the show technically easier to do because there's less research for news. And uh, instead, actually, it, in another way, it gives me more work because I, I try to put all the lesser news into like a, a news tweet, a bunch of news tweets and one massive like news Instagram post. And, you know, people like that stuff. It seems like it gets a good amount of traffic. But besides all that like it's just the constant social media workings for this show and the other shows and just kind of making ourselves known out there can get very exhausting not to mention like right now this month is very insane because because we're not doing stuff in september we have to do extra side talk episodes this month uh, that not only are we recording but that means i have to edit those and get those ready as well prepare them and have them pre-scheduled already to like release on their own on certain times when they normally would and then same thing with like uh we have to do at least one extra side watch episode as well i think we're even doing an extra up to it down to it episode too so like just a lot of things are jam-packed i've actually had to take a physical calendar 
and write yeah. down what I'm doing for each day. Because someone actually asked me, like, hey, what are you doing this day? And I said, hang on, let me check. I have to see if I, if I literally, I'm not even joking, can pencil you in because I'm writing with a pencil in this calendar to see if there's actually time for me to do something with you. Like, I, that, that's currently how my weeks have been going right now. Uh, and I don't know if they will get free or more busy because uh, I am trying to, like, knock things out a little bit faster. But it's just... Yeah, it's just crazy, man. And it's it, life sometimes. Yeah. The good thing is, at least, I will be forcing myself to relax for two weeks going to Georgia and Florida to just like not have to think about all this. Yeah. For the most part, I'll still probably be doing stuff, but the goal is also all the stuff I might post and do, I'll already have pre made. And all I got to do is just send the, the, the like post button and it should all be like good to go. And I just have to remember to do that. Um, but. It, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like probably after recording this, I'll either be getting back to work or maybe I'll I'll relax a bit and play something or watch something. I'm not sure yet. Or clean. I honestly don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore, James, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know my life. But that said, this is Sutra Side Talk. play some Back for Blood beta, which ha- I definitely already have downloaded now. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> check check back to the past if you haven't listened to oh, episode yeah. <laughs> 114 where we'll have our back for blood beta impressions. Uh that where that'll I'll, be I'll there. have yeah, we'll have talked about our impressions before I'll have downloaded it now. Or actually, welcome to the future. I hope you enjoyed our impressions of back for blood the yeah. beta. <laughs> before I even know what they are. Yeah, it's oh my don't you just love time travel, James? Isn't it great? It's so cool. Oh, I fucking hate time travel. Anyway, yeah, so we, we're, you know, we're going to talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing. With that said, are you ready to uh, dive right into it? Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first again, or do you want to go first this time? Uh, I think I'll go first with a game, okay. and then that you works. can go next after. So right. I wanted to knock out one game in which I also want to say before I talk about that game, because uh, there's not really anything to say, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, I did uninstall it, of course, before, uh, because I ins- uninstalled, like, all my Activision Blizzard stuff, just, you know, with everything going on, I didn't want to take part in it. But yeah. uh, before that, it was it's just been on the list forever, and there's not, I already did, like, a full Modern Warfare talk before, but I just wanted to say, I did actually go back and platinum the game, so it's nice to have that finally done mm. as well. Just one more platinum to add to the uh, to the collection there, if you will um it of course i think it needed a veteran playthrough to do so but another veteran call of duty achieved with that said metro exodus is what i want to talk about and this is the third metro game if you guys haven't played it definitely yeah, check it out i started like i got the collection a while ago and i started a game in the first one and i did not get very far and was like this is cool and then just like i don't know it didn't really grip me at the time oh, i like the idea of the world but just like i don't know for whatever reason it just wasn't what i was looking for at that time so for me the metro games they are i would say one of the better shooter stories it just feels like a really good world where there's no multiplayer in the game so they're putting everything into the story they're putting everything into the campaign it's all just something where you can actually they they put replayability in it whether it's the difficulties the survival aspects or uh just utilizing the weapons in the world and stuff or how you want to play uh yeah i mean i know i'm pretty sure these games are based on a book series yes but Uh, like definitely one of the things that sets this series apart in my mind from like other shooters of recent years is just like the setting is so unique and interesting 
Yeah, because, I mean, of course, we're in an age where there's a lot of post-apocalyptic games out there. But yeah, this one is interesting, one, because it takes place in Russia. And, you know, the, the only other thing that comes close is Stalker. But that's specifically like, oh, shit went down in Chernobyl. Yeah. And it's only in Chernobyl, where this is, like, completely different, where, oh, the world was hit by nukes altogether. And people went into the metro to survive and became metro people like they they all lived in the metros created cities at the state each station was like a city practically and it's where all the survivors were and in this like underground world you have like the first two games where there's of course like animals that mutated over time and became like massive creatures whether it was like there's like straight up demon looking things in this game yeah and there's like giant bats that just sound like lions that fly around and can kill you pretty fast. There's like these giant rats, giant uh, mole people. It, it's insane. And you have to like survive through all of those, go through areas that might be irradiated, which is why you have to wear like a gas mask style. And then there's also Nazis and communists down there too. So it's like red, the you know, like the red star Russians and mm. then like somehow Nazi Russians. I'm pretty sure they're still Russian. So it, it, I'm not sure why Nazis are there, but they are. And you have to go through and fight them in the first two games. And you learn about like these other creatures called like, um, man, I can't remember. Their, uh, I want to say it was like, not the silent ones, but it was like these alien style creatures that were like almost like these shadows. And you kind of see them a bit in the first one. And they're like kind of antagonists near the end. And then you kind of help them in the second one. Uh, where, of course, like I said, play all three. Play Metro 2033, Metro Last Light, which is the second one, which I think originally was called 2034. And they just renamed it to that instead. And Metro Exodus. I think, honestly, each one is called like 2033, 2034, 2035 for the books. I could be wrong. But... Mm. You know, for nearly the entire games you're playing underground, there's a bit where you go up into the ruins, but it's very, very, like, it's not a big portion of the game too much. Like, it's mostly in the, the Metro itself. Metro Exodus takes all of that away, where you're still the same guy, you're still Artyom, and you've been exploring now a lot. And, you know, you have your wife now, who we met in the second game, Anna, and or Anna, and uh, you go through and keep trying to explore outside because you think there's more out there. And you basically, like, the whole thing is you accidentally learn that there are other civilizations outside of Moscow and that not everywhere was actually destroyed by the bombs. And oh. it turns out, like, oh, yeah, the reason we have everyone do this and not go outside is because potentially if you did... Uh, you could alert America or other forces and potentially resume the bombings or something or bring back more nukes and the war would huh. continue or something like that. Something crazy like that. And it turns out it's all a lie. And hmm. you're like, what? We've been lied to this whole time. And the colonel you've been working for, like your organization is like the Spartans. You're like guys who've been protecting the metros you're supposed to be like the good guys you're the ones that stop the nazis you stop the communists you protect people from the mutations and there's like another overall police force and they're like oh yeah we've been 
telling this the whole time, but really, yeah, we can go outside. We just don't and don't fuck the shit up. And you go, well, fuck you. And you take a train and escape, but it's not just you. You go, uh, your wife goes, her father-in-law or her father, who is like the leader of the Spartans, who's the one that's been lying to everyone to an extent, like there's stuff he still doesn't know himself goes and basically your whole Spartan crew goes. So you sort of abandon your people and go on the run because if you if you don't, you know, you're going to die. But it like they'll they'll come and kill you for technically like I guess treason sort of even though you're the ones that stopped like all the other antagonistic forces like the Nazis and communists and stuff. But uh this whole game is just different because instead of being in the metro the whole time instead of being out there, you're now going to all these different locations in Russia. And just seeing potentially, oh, could we live here? Oh, no, we're supposed to get here. Let's try this place. And it's just a completely different place each time. Like, uh, the first place you go to is a, like, fishing town. And Mm -hmm. it's a weird town that basically doesn't uh, trust technology. They think technology is the devil. So they got super religious. And there's these anomalies that are like these weird electric orbs that can come and kill people. And... They, I think, either worship them or think like, oh, technology will bring them back and they'll kill everyone. That's why they're here. But they try to send mm-hmm. like dudes to go kill it. And then those dudes die and they know those dudes will die and they don't even have technology to fight it with. So, of course, they're like death sentencing people practically. But you can go through and not even kill them. You can lethally knock them all out. Even in a gunfight, you could just run up to a guy and just punch the shit out of him. Like basically knock him out. And it it can go either way where if you start massacring enemies or just like non-lethally taking them out over time, potentially the last few will be like, yo, fuck this, throw their guns down and be like, yo, I give up. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, interesting. And you can from there honestly you can it's not like certain games where maybe if you don't do anything fast enough maybe like Gear, they'll escape and try to fight you instead they straight up just you can either leave them there and they won't even attack you or you could proceed to then knock them out or kill them whatever you want to do so you can have three choices there but either way they're not they're no longer a threat to you which is really cool and the weapon the weapon system is nearly the same uh, difference now though I believe is they kind of make a new backpack for you where it's like oh it's a it's a portable workshop so you can modify you can do certain modifications to your guns and like do some crafting but uh, you still have to get to like a full-on crafting table to do certain things as well uh, as well as like find a bed to regain health and sleep and save and whatnot uh, it it does do a really good job of having checkpoints in that sense where you could potentially die somewhere, but as long as you checked into a spot, you should be okay. And like, just continue where you left off and learn your, from your mistakes and whatnot. But uh, each region kind of has somewhat different enemies. Like uh, the main thing about this one is there's these lobster or crawfish mutated monsters that come out of the water and they start like, there's oh, two types. Lurks. <laughs> somewhat like my, my looks like giant crab monsters but these are like yeah more like the lobsters but like they come and they'll either shoot shit at you like globs of crap or there's the other i think it's like males and females and one will do that with projectiles the other will come at you and just start trying to basically chomp you and shit and it, it it's really cool how they utilize that and each um i don't want to say each area has a different enemy to fight 
but uh, there's certain ones that have like a massive boss that you have to take out. And in this area, it's a giant fish monster who you work really hard to fight because they kind of worship it or something. But you utilize like old factories and stuff that you have to go through. And they really do a good job of kind of not necessarily scaring you, but just freaking you out in terms of like, oh, you're now trapped in this area. There's going to be a lot of more bestial enemies spawning here that will attack you, not to mention you're fighting a giant fish. And you have to go through all of that. And eventually, like, you know, you kill the fish um, and you get out of the area. A, a cool thing to do is they add on. They're like, oh, check it out. Here's a car you can add on to it. And also there is a guy here that wants to work with you and you can get him join your crew there is a girl and her daughter uh, a woman and her daughter that want to join you can get them to join the crew and the thing is they have slight key they give you some choices where as long as you do all this stuff they can come along and if they don't you can potentially lose one of your squad mates uh not mm. death but they'll, they'll they won't come with you now so like one dude kind of gets infatuated with the mother and grows close to the daughter and if you don't bring them with you then he'll go i'm gonna stay with them and i'm gonna help take care of them but instead if you get them to come with you then he'll be like cool uh i'll stay on the train and eventually they even get married on the train and and stuff and it's like really cool and whatnot because her husband's the one that like was sent to fight the fucking anomaly and was like why would you <laughs> send this man to fight an electric ball why do you think that was a good idea but uh they do a good job there and then like the next area is a crazy desert place and there's all these creepy fucking like humans that aren't human anymore it's like humans that degraded into like not ghouls but they're similar where they're just like more bestial creatures now and they come in like droves so there's like, like a fuck ton of them and the difference with this game and other games though james like even with fallout fallout's not that hard with ammo like you could keep getting a fuck ton of guns with a fuck ton Generally, of ammo yeah this isn't like that, depending on your difficulty. So you have to make ammo sometimes too and all this stuff, find ammo wherever you can. But, you know, a lot of those types of enemies will deplete your ammo very fast if you're not smart with it because you don't necessarily want to stay and fight all of them. If you do, you're going to finish that fight and go, oh, shit, I'm out. And then they just more will come out and you go, oh, oh, shit. And so you have to make sure you strategize in terms of like, do I want to fight in this specific fight? Do I want to go craft some more? Do I want to use the same for something else? Or do I want to use this weapon or that weapon? So you have to know exactly what you're doing and you can't carry too many weapons either. It doesn't allow you to have like a weapon wheel or anything. So you have to make sure uh, you know what you're doing in terms of like what you want to carry for what level. Luckily, like those... Uh, enemies can drop another weapon you could switch off with maybe, but uh, it could be a completely different weapon. It could be the same weapon, just with different modifications. In that case, you could just take the mods on it and use that on your current one that you already have. So you have those options too. You can go back to your like workstation and switch weapons if you want as well. So it does give you all those options. You just have to know exactly what you want to do. But like uh, the desert one's cool because there's like a think that's the one with the civil war no that's the one with like there's work camps and stuff and you have to like help the people there because they're all working towards like um 
they're all working like it's like all these people that are working and then there's another group that are and using them basically as slaves and you have to fight all these guys that are basically all ex-convicts i believe and you end up like siding with a girl who's like a like she's the daughter of a former scientist of one of like the the workstations there before like she died uh, along with like everyone else and you have to go underground and they introduce a new enemy there james they introduce fucking spiders and scorpion spiders and shit and they're oh, horrifying fun. and they're massive and you know what their weaknesses light so you have to keep charging your light and your flashlight and sometimes it's like oh cool your lights are on in this place and you're walking and you're like dope lights go out and you're like uh, no fuck and the thing is they'll be like six of them coming from all different directions and you're just like flashing your light at some you have to shoot and then switch and go on to another one but it's something where it's like it's that horror of not necessarily the creatures themselves but just knowing exactly oh there's multiple of them and i have light until i have to recharge it if i have to recharge it that means i'm literally winding it by hand and i have to do it really fast but also like i have limited ammo here too so you have to know exactly what you're doing going through those scenarios and it, it's honestly really fun the way they do it but it was one of those things where i was like the minute i got through the area and i got out i was incredibly happy and i'm like oh thank god i'm done yeah. and they keep introducing you to these new areas because you go oh i don't like weird religious fishy area i don't like desert area let's go to the next place oh it's a bunker where the government is let's go see the government oh no fuck the government went crazy and are all now cannibals and want to eat us and they're all insane like actually insane running around and being like bah, 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 bah. and you're like oh fuck <laughs> so they literally capture you you're the like the commander and your your wife and you're freaking out and like uh i think at one point in the desert like there was a point where you and your wife like fall through an area and she gets irradiated a bit and you're like you'd think nothing of it it becomes like the catalyst for the whole story because when they when you finish rescuing her and getting through the cannibal russian government uh you get out luckily no sign like you, it, as long as you keep playing the game right you don't lose any of your men which is really cool but like one of the scientists there was studying her and goes we can't eat her because uh she's like fucked up and uh you don't know that until later until she starts like coughing on the train and they're like what's wrong and it's like oh she uh she's dying from radiation poisoning ah oh, damn and we have to get this special like medication but it's all the way in this place or something so it takes you to like two more locations one's like a full-on forest where you learn there's a kindergarten class, like there's a full like school of little kids that were raised by a teacher and he died and those kids all grew up there. So now there are all these forest people and they kind of, uh, they, they, you like work with them to fight these other dudes that invaded the area. And they're like, yeah, our, the, the great one like taught us all this stuff. And it's like, who's the great one? Oh, he was our elementary school teacher and stuff and he died but like now we're here to continue doing our thing and uh it's cool because they introduced like crossbows and i think it was either i think it was a crossbow in this area and there's like wolves here and also a giant bear that's like a mutant and the giant mutant bear is really really mean and keeps coming at you so there's like multiple areas where you have to fight it but the thing is it's like okay we had a fish boss 
Fish boss wasn't so bad. Giant bear in your face, attacking you constantly, and doing, like, the full-on, like, you know, do the thing where a big boss will do, where they, they get ready, and then they charge you. And the charge is not necessarily just straight line. It'll kind of grab it. It's like a homing missile, practically. So you're just like, oh, God, keep running, keep running, keep running, keep shooting. Oh, no, I'm out of ammo. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And you just to keep, like, crafting bombs and shit to kill it. But uh, it has really cool bosses like that. And then, like, the game finishes off with, like, um, you go to the metro of another place. And I forget what city it is, but... It's like a similar metro, but this one has a different breed of enemies where it's like these giant ape enemies. It's like blind ape irradiated monsters that can hear sound. And they're like, let's put glass on the ground. So when you're walking, you hit the glass and they go, oh, oh. No. And they start coming towards you. And you're like, oh, fuck. And you like you find a kid there who's like my dad and I lived here. We were part of a metro down here and there was like a whole war that happened and wiped everyone out so now it's just me and you go through the whole thing and the whole thing is this whole area is irradiated also that you're going through and it's just you and your father-in-law your commander and you end up getting through it all you get the the vac the medication you need for her and you have like special antidotes for yourself as well to keep you from dying from the radiation and you only each have one and i think yours gets broken or you just get too much of it so you're basically dying now as well oh, no. and so near the end there your commander gives you his and saves you uh and then starts driving the three of you out of there you and the kid and at a certain point though he knocks out and you go oh is he alive and it's like no he died of the radiation he saved you by giving a, you his stuff so the the main commander dies you get there, your wife gets saved, and, like, you guys actually make it to this really nice, like, giant lake where you start building. You're, like, going to basically build there, but uh, it leaves it up so, like, the future games could be that you're building there, but now you're going to go back and start um, bringing the metro back with you. Like, the goal is now you don't have to stay in the metro anymore. We can start rebuilding society here outside where there's no radiation, where it's actually clear, and potentially there's no monstrosities attacking us. And it's honestly just a really good game. The soundtrack is amazing to it, especially, like, on the train. There's, like, a really good train soundtrack specifically. But they do a really good job. There's, like, two DLCs, one of which is really cool. It's playing as the dad of that kid you find in the metro. And it's, like, that whole... Um, it's the, you're, you're reliving what happened to that Metro where there's like a war because of like, they're running out of supplies. Uh, the guys in charge betray the people and you're like going through all this shit. And then you like, um, you find out how the father died and he's like found by the commander, uh, eventually. And it's like, kind of like a, it's also like the last words of the commander before he saves our team and sacrifices himself. And then they do another DLC where you play as a guy named Sam, who's, I believe, voiced by David Hayter, I want to say. I have to double check. But it's like, he's like Sam. He sounds like Sam Fisher. But he's an American who's with the Russians. He was one of the Marine uh, Embassy Guards, I believe. And he was stuck there and he just joins them. So now he goes on a quest to a more far, far east city, trying to get on a nuclear submarine to go back to America. 
and it's like a cool choice one there too but there's there, that one is also a fun one but uh not too much to say about those two just like you know check out those dlcs if you do play exodus honestly it's one of the best shooters i think with the story out there currently because the big difference between this and another shooter is it feels a lot heavier when you're running you feel heavier you have gear on you you have limited supplies you're not just running through call of duty battlefields going oh i can pick this up same thing with battlefield um it, it's like the only other thing i think that comes close to it in terms of just like quality is probably wolfenstein but even then mm -hmm. like something with the metro i think it's because it's a team that maybe doesn't have the same budget you would see a southern california development team have like these guys i believe are in um i think they're in the ukraine i want to say i forget where the, this team's location is it's somewhere in eastern europe but they just you you can feel love every single time they put they make their games like you you feel a lot of what they put into it like it's a full story continuing they're not trying to do anything with microtransactions they're not trying to do anything extra they just do a really good job with the game itself and it's something where eventually i think i want to go back and just play all three of them again when i get the chance but it's 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 like one of those games i definitely want to replay but at the moment i don't have time to but it's something that i just really appreciate i also want to read the books easily for sure that's fair yeah and yeah that's that's metro highly recommend it one of the best games i would say of 2019 honestly that was a really good game of 2019 i would say yeah it's definitely on my list to play eventually. I think it's on Game Pass, the the newest one. Mm. If not, I like. I mean, by the time I finish the the first two games that I have the remasters for, like I'll probably feel fine just buying the third one if I don't already have it somehow. Gotcha. But your turn. Yeah. So I'm not done with it yet. I think my game clock says I'm only I'm like 14 hours in, but. And I also started this like a while ago. I just kind of play it sporadically. But I started playing uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity again, which mm. is that the the Musou game that's based off of uh, Zelda or the Zelda series. But it's not it's not related to the first one, which like I never I never got the first one because it just didn't interest me. But the fact that the 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 Age of Calamity uh, one is kind of a prequel to Breath of the Wild. I w that's what initially made me more interested in giving it a try, even though I'm I'm usually not that into the Musal style games. It's just they never really grabbed me for long. I mean, it, the taking out hundreds of enemies in the course of a level can be somewhat satisfying, but it, it just yes. doesn't. It just doesn't interest me for too long. It's it's one of those things where like I'll play it for half an hour and enjoy it, but like that it's not generally the thing I crave to play. And so I have very little experience with this style of game, except for like the the few times that I like would come over to your house when we were kids and play like I don't know some whatever Dynasty Warriors was out at the time. It's probably four or five. Probably four or five, yeah. Uh, and I've just been really impressed so far in, like, well, how many mechanics from Breath of the Wild they actually took the time to make part of this game, which is, like, mechanically a completely different style of game. Like, Breath of the Wild is a pretty straightforward 
open world, just like go and explore everything type of game. And it's just much more of like an action adventure game. Whereas definitely with more emphasis on the adventure than the action. But uh, the Age of Calamity is just like constant action all the time. And it's like, it's interesting because it's also during the time when the Hyrule was like trying to prepare for when Ganon was going to come back. Cause like they knew that he would be resurrected at some point. And so mm-hmm. they were trying to prepare for that and spoilers for like the first two minutes of breath of the wild. Uh, everyone loses like at the, at the moment where Ganon came back instead of using all of the like ancient Sheikah technology that was unearthed a hundred years ago, uh, when he first got resurrected and like the, like they unearthed all this technology with the intent to use it against him. So he would just be like, Oh, Ganon's back, Sl- like slap him down and like, he'll, he'll be gone for the next hundred years or whatever. That didn't happen. He ended up taking control of the army and just like laying waste to all the heroes. And like literally by the time you play breath of the wild link has been like, he was injured and he was in stasis for like a hundred years. Like all the other four champions are dead. Zelda has been somehow using her magic to keep Ganon contained for the last hundred years. She also didn't age somehow. Magic, whatever. But so it's cool that like you get to see how like, that happened. You get to see how that happened, but also like you get more time with the individual heroes. Like you get a few flashbacks in Breath of the Wild that give you a glimpse at what these characters were like when they were around, but you don't really get much of them. Cause isn't it's, it in the breath of the wild DLC, those heroes are already, they're dead. You're just seeing what they were like, right? Yeah. Like the DLC wasn't even like, uh, it didn't even take place before the, like breath of the wild or anything. It literally was just like challenge rooms to upgrade the, um, the master sword and then like a fifth dungeon or whatever. Oh, okay. And that was it. There was like, so it still took place during your regular uh, playthrough. The, you, so you never physically go back in time to like meet these characters or anything. So it's cool to get more time with them to flesh out those characters and you get to play as them. And if I'm going to be honest, like it's actually really interesting how varied the different characters move sets are. And that's kind of one of the, from what I understand, that's one of the, like, drawing points to the Dynasty Warriors slash Samurai Warriors games is, like, they have a an interesting cast of characters that have very different play styles. So you get to, you know, have your favorites and, and like, there's reasons to uh, level up different characters and, like, get and upgrade their weapons and stuff. And so... So when I mentioned that this game takes a lot of mechanics from Breath of the Wild, it it makes it feel less like it's a Hyrule Warriors game and just like it is just a prequel to Breath of the Wild. And it's actually related to that game. And so there's stuff like uh, one of the things that was kind of important to Breath of the Wild, like you didn't have to do it, but it definitely gave you a bunch of advantages, was cooking. And you before every level in this in uh, Age of Calamity, you can cook a couple meal. At least at this point, I can cook a couple things before I go off, and it gives you little advantages. Like 
if you know you're going to go up against some enemies that do like ice damage, you can give yourself like a minus 50% in ice damage. Or if you want, you could just be like, I want to make 20% more rupees or I want to take 5% less damage, stuff like that. Uh, but so there's, so they put cooking in the game, which is from breath of the wild. Uh, they have like, collecting weapons which granted that was also in like the other dynasty warriors type games so that makes sense but it's also like that was a huge thing in the breath of the wild um every character has um like okay i forget what like the parasail thing like if you do a move that jumps you in the air you can like actually glide for a bit just like Mm -hmm. in breath of the wild um and every character has a sheikah slate and can do those like magnesis stasis uh remote bombs and ice block or whatever um that you're able to do in breath of the wild like that those are the things you use to like solve all the puzzles and stuff in the game and they they included that in age of calamity and each and again each character has their own different variety of it so when you're playing as link it's it's pretty generic to how it was in Breath of the Wild, except bombs. He just like throws a shit ton of bombs. Uh, but when you're playing as Zelda and you throw a bomb, she summons like a giant bomb with legs that just like throws out <laughs> other smaller bombs. Oh my! And uh, when you're playing as Impa, she kind of does like more of firework type thing, which like launches enemies into the air and then explodes. So it's like, it's cool to see the different variety in characters. And if I'm going to be honest, Link is probably my, I don't want to say least favorite character to play as. He's just the least interesting because he's very straightforward. And I guess what makes him special is that he can, he's like the only character that can equip different kinds of weapons. So you could use the master sword and just use like a sword and shield, or you can level up like a claymore, which is a two-handed weapon. So now you have less ability to block, but you do like heavier damage and stuff like okay. that. Or uh, you can equip spears, which have a different move set entirely. Whereas, um, like, uh, I keep wanting to say Sheik, Impa, she has the ability to like put runes on enemies and then she can absorb those runes. And then she can straight up like Naruto style make shadowed clones of herself. Oh and then there's like a half a dozen impas running around the battlefield and just like you're wrecking everyone. Uh, Zelda is interesting because she seems to only fight with a Sheikah slate. So she has like a completely different moveset from anyone else in the game. Uh, Daruk, the, the uh, Goron, he can like roll around. Like you can't like when in a, um, Oh God, the Majora's mask when you could play as a Goron, like, you can roll around just like that and like knock people down. And he has this interesting mechanic where he certain moves will make lava rocks appear. And then if you press like the ZR button, you can like explode those rocks. And then Mifa, the, the Zora, she like will like certain attacks, like her, her heavy attacks will launch like water spouts in different places. And then if you press the ZR button, she will like disappear through the ground like a street shark and just like jump out of wherever that uh, water spout is. So it's a really cool way to keep a combo like going by like 
you know, finishing up a group of enemies that's right in front of you and then just like launching a water spout like at the next group of enemies and then just hitting the ZR button and you pop up right next to them. Oh, wow. Uh, probably Rivali, the the Rito, the bird guy, is like the least fun for me just because I don't understand how his combos work because he, he can kind of straight up fly, but like not too high off high up off the ground so like he does ground-based combos but you can also like hit the zr button and he'll just like start flying and then he has a completely different set of moves and so he kind of seems to he fights with a bow and arrow all the time so it seems like he's supposed to be a ranged character but his he doesn't really do that much damage at range so he's just i don't really have a good feel for him and then like i think the last one is uh hestu which is like a giant um, Korok, and he f- he fights with like shaking his maracas and summoning summoning other Koroks with him. So it's like there's a lot of variety of the game, and it's I like that they introduced the the Sheikah slate mechanics from Breath of the Wild and literally put that into this game, and it works. And mm-hmm. like it, so it it's so interesting that like mechanically it's very different from the game that it's a prequel to. And it's technically in like a, a different series. It's, it's in the Hyrule Warriors series, but it, they took enough things. Oh, also like the the overworld map is literally just straight up the map from Breath of the Wild. Like, and all the little side quests you do take place in the different parts of the uh, the world. So it, it just it feels like it takes place in that same overworld map, and like. I don't know. So they make it so you can feel comfortable at least. Like with- Yeah. And there's they also do a really good job of like n- not everything that you unlock in the map to do is like an actual mission that you go and play. Like some of it is just like people asking for supplies. Mm-hmm. And even just doing those will be like, oh, doing this gives like one more button press to a combo in uh for like this one character. Or this other thing will give you like one more heart for this character. So it does a really good job of having this constant feeling of like getting a little bit stronger, a little bit better. And that that is something that I really enjoy in games is when you are constantly feeling like you're improving just a little bit over time. So I I don't know if I'll actually finish this anytime soon, because like I said, I'll like I'll play a little bit of it when I get in the mood and then I'll just like not touch it for months because this game came out a while ago and I'm only like 14 hours in. Mm-hmm. but it's just like every time i do pick it up again i'm just like damn this game is really good like way better than i was expecting it to be and part of that is just like like i said not generally into this genre of game but like so far i'm actually really really enjoying it okay yeah gotcha nice definitely for you like you actually really do like those styles of games so you probably would have a fun time if you picked it up on switch <laughs> so i i did already buy the first Hy- hyrule warriors i just haven't played it yet it's like one of those things where like i, do- I told you before we're on the switch i'm like animal crossing and smash brothers are the only two yeah. things i've touched so far i still haven't i i was like yeah i'm gonna do that thing where i'll just try to get like three more battles done a day or something and i'm like when did they say that like a, a few months ago <laughs> how many did i do that for a day i think and then that was it yeah it sounds about right so it's like one of those things where i haven't had time to even like 
I think my switch has become dust gathering and I realized I only have like 15 days to try to get the, all the beetles I need in Animal Crossing before it's too late and they leave again for another year. Uh. So I do need to get back to my switch soon. I just don't know when. Um, I do want to, like I said, I really do want to play those other games, but it's just something that when I do, it's going to be great. The minute I break through and it's like I'm not touching Animal Crossing and Smash Brothers. It's going to be like when I probably potentially would go down a full-on Switch rabbit hole where it's yeah. like, oh, let's start playing all those games I wanted to play and get through like Hyrule Warriors, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Mario Odyssey, probably buy. I should probably buy Breath of the Wild even though I have like those three Mario games in that trilogy pack and uh, Link's Awakening and whatever. I should just uh, just play Breath of the Wild first and just get that done. I think that's a hard like recommendation though, just cause like I, I did really, really love breath of the wild while I was playing it. But given that like, there's only so much time of the day, it's really hard to say like to start with that. Cause I literally, I think my game clock for that when I was done was like 200 hours. Yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't we'll feel see. like it. Like it doesn't feel like it. Cause I literally was playing that game for like probably a couple months. It was just like, man, this game is amazing. I love exploring like every little thing that I see in the distance that I am like, I wonder what that is. It gives you a little in, like reward for like, even if it's just the Korok seed, you're just like, cool. They, they actually reward you for every bit of curiosity that you decide to like follow. But 200 hours. Yeah. Is, like, I, a lot of time to ask out of someone. It, it's also, it's also, that even if I do get Animal Crossing and Smash done, I'll still probably go back to my Vita first to be like, yeah, let's keep knocking out those games that I still haven't finished, and then I'll get to my Switch. So yeah. those Switch games, this is still way down the line, man. I'm not That's getting to this shit for a while. Like, We're talking 2020, 2022 here, probably, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's There's still, like, what, four months after this, but even then, I'm, I'm doubtful. I'm highly doubtful. We'll see. <laughs> but is that uh, everything for Age of Calamity? Yeah, for now. Like I said, I'm not... I I think I'm in like the fifth, the fifth chapter now. Uh, so I don't know how much more there is to it. Because, I don't know, it's... I just got past a cutscene that felt like it should have been really early in the game. But th- at the same time, I'm also getting cutscenes that are like... Oh, that we're running out of time. A calamity again and is coming soon. We need to like get Zelda to awaken her power before that happens because it's like not happening. Uh, which was a plot point in Breath of the Wild. Uh, so, okay. uh, that was why calamity. One of the reasons why calamity again and was able to like overrun everyone was because like at Zelda at that time had not awoken to her like goddess powers yet. So she couldn't seal him away before it was too late. It's also so, interesting that they couldn't even stop him. That's, that's cool. Yeah, and that's an, I just really like that idea. Like, it's such a... I mean, on the one hand, it does make Breath of the Wild really bleak because you're literally going around a, like, ravaged Hyrule where there's, like, small villages left. But, like, what was once a, like, a huge kingdom is just, like basically ruins and yeah. everyone that you knew a hundred years ago is basically dead pretty crazy yeah all right i guess i'll knock out a movie and a show so first uh i'll briefly go over uh watched again recently or i guess a couple months ago uh the movie monsters 
Uh, it was the Gareth Edwards movie, so the guy that directed Godzilla 2014. And it's like... Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Where it's in Mexico. Where Yeah, like dude, that, I really liked this movie. Yeah, it's the boss's daughter gets stranded there, and like the dude that works for the company has to go and like take care of that. And so they're like trying to journey... They can't, they like miss a, they, they, I think they miss a plane or a, a boat, I think, yeah, that's supposed like, to take them. Like their way out of Mexico was like either canceled or they missed it or something. And then they had to like find some way to basically smuggle themselves across the border through this like uh, no-go zone where it's like, it's strangely infected with aliens. <laughs> Yes, and it's, like, it, the environment's also somewhat changing, too. Like, they're not terraforming, but there's, like, certain parts where they're, like, laying eggs or stuff. Yeah. Like, there's like, different, like, species a little bit. Yeah, at some point, they they had a guide show them, like, this weird-looking fungus on a tree, and it's, like, these are its eggs. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so it was one species, yeah, and it was that, and the military is, like, always fighting them and stuff. So... Everything else is evacuated, though, and once you get through it, it's, it's cool because it's just, like, survival and not necessarily even survival. They're just kind of exploring. It's, like, going yeah. with other people for a bit until, like, some shit goes down and they start firing on it and it kills, like, all of the people that were, they were with and until it's just those two and they get to, like, I think they cross the border because they get to, like, some southern town. Yeah. And... They get to, like, a gas station where they try to contact people and they see, like, the two monsters and there's, like, a, a sense of peace where they, like... It's interesting because it's, like... Yeah, I like that scene because they try to show you that these things aren't, like, inherently dangerous. They're just trying to live in, like, this new world that they just... I don't know. I think it was, like, they're an egg of theirs, like, traveled to Earth on, like, an asteroid or an, or a meteor and just, like... I, I think I can't remember if they had an actual explanation for it, but it's just somehow this invasive species is now loose on Earth. And it's like they're not here maliciously. They're just trying to live. And you yeah. get to see a moment of like just these two creatures interacting with each other without like anyone else, um, it, I guess, disturbing them because they were just mm -hmm. watching them and like the bioluminescent display that they were doing and just like the sounds they were making was so interesting. Yeah. You could tell it was very peaceful. Like there was no violence or anything in it. And what gets strange is like, you know, they, the, the guy and the girl, like they kind of form a connection a bit after a while. And by the end of it, like it just kind of ends cause the American troops are coming to pick them up, but it yeah. shows the beginning first where when they pick them up, they're leaving. And then like, the, the aliens attack or they attack the aliens one of the two and it shows like the the guy holding the girl and you can't tell if she's dead or not so it's like you don't know if it ends well if she makes it out alive but it's not even really as much even about that it's just like it's more of like a fun journey movie where they're just on yeah. a little quest and the you see the aliens and stuff but not much else to say it's like it's a fun time it's a very like laxed movie i guess you could say you're not going to think too much afterwards, but it's just yeah. an enjoyable. It's something enjoyable that's on a budget, you could tell. For yeah. sure. There's also, it's, there's a fucking direct-to-DVD movie, I think, that's on, like, Netflix for it. And 
I tried to watch a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, gross. No, I'm good. I'm good. It's Wait, one of those just, like, really? don't look at those movies. Yeah. Huh. It's, like, not even the same thing. It's, like, completely different. Weird. Yeah. Full, different tone, everything. It didn't even, like... it. You could have fooled me if it was, like, a, if it was from the same... If it was related to the first one. I didn't even watch the whole thing at all. I just kind of skimmed. I, like, would look at a scene for, like, a minute or 30 seconds, and then I'd, like, go past, like, 20 to 30 minutes to be like, all right, what is it looking like here? And I'm like... This is weird. I don't want to look at this anymore. Mm. Super weird. Uh, the other thing I recently watched uh, a bit ago, actually, again, uh, still catching up, guys. Uh, Shadow and Bone. So that Netflix uh, show that's like based off of the book. And it's like a weird world where there's magical people. I forget what they're called, but there's like magical people. There's like regular military that's like infantry and the people with magic there's different forms like there's fire there's healing there's um i already forgot what the others were it's like the each one is like a different form and they have like kind of subgroups of magic and stuff and it turns out like the main character who is more of like a navigator she's like a person she's a guitar i guess would it be a cartographer if they're making maps and stuff yeah yeah so she's like part of the cartographer group of the military and there's like a moment where they go through the fade or the the shade or the rift i forget what it's called but there's like a giant shadow in the middle of their country and their country is always at war so like their country is warring with other bordered countries and it's split in two in the middle is this like weird shadow realm that it's like actually masked by like a like a foggy shade thing so it's almost like a portal you're going through but to travel through it everything in there is like all this weird darkness so like there's creatures that attack you weird. and uh a lot of people don't make it out so you have to be really careful as you go through because there's like um i think there's a wind person because like the wind the wind ma- magic person is the one that's like steering these like land ships it's like basically a ship that's just on land and they use the wind against the sails to move the ship you have, like, a healer on there, and you have a couple others that are there for, like, security with their magic powers, and then you have a bunch of the soldiers with their guns. And the guns in this, like, stuff are kind of... I don't want to say muskets. I want to say they're, like, um... Shit, I don't remember if it was, like, gun... It was either gunpowder or it was, like, World War One era, like, um... Pistols and stuff, so, like, six, you know, six shooters and stuff like that. Very small ammunition-styled um it might there might have been a couple with more like there might have been like light machine guns or something but like world war one era light machine gun style and the it turns out that she has like this special magic power that only that no one else really has and it's like to create light and she could potentially disintegrate the shade in there and like destroy that realm and just bring all the light back which would reunite the country but it also makes her now the most important, um, like wizard per, like magic person. And there's a guy that trains her and is like the leader of the magic people. And he like works for the king and queen and stuff. And he is actually the opposite. So he's like the one that can actually harness the shade power and utilize that. So he's like the black wizard or something. Cause it's all like the darkness and stuff. And, he tries to be like, oh, work for me and all this stuff. And he's played by the guy that plays Billy Russo in Punisher, Jigsaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So I was like, wait a minute, it's that guy. He's probably not good Rousseau. then. Uh, he, of course, isn't good. And it's like a, a whole thing where he's like, yeah, the, there was a dark wizard that like did all this stuff a long time ago. That was actually me. And I just keep creating, uh, I keep redoing my persona each time to just be another dark wizard. And it's actually me and I don't age and neither does my mom, uh, who's like one of the other teachers there or something. And it turns into a whole thing where she's on the run and like her childhood best friend, who's a regular soldier, has to like help her. There's also a crew of like, um, not like criminal cutthroat type people who are one's like a crazy gunslinger one's like an acrobatic assassin and he's like uh just like the guy with the plans and shit and they kind of team up together sort of by the end of it to escape the main bad dude but overall it's like a it's a cool world where it's like oh it's a new fantasy world where it's a bit of technology there there's guns and magic at the same time so it's not game of thrones and the production value isn't up there either necessarily as game of thrones but it's still like really you know there's a, there's pretty good budget put into this i could say and the the weird thing about this show though is it is netflix but when i watch it it just feels like a higher budgeted CW show a bit. Like you can mm. feel there's like that angst there and it's like it, there's still that young adult feeling. So I'm like, uh, it's fine. Like I don't, <laughs> it's not something I would f- fully recommend. Like I wouldn't be like, yo, go watch this show. It's like the new game of Thrones. It's definitely not. It doesn't give you any of that. Um, I guess if you're just looking for more fantasy, but it's slightly better than the CW. You can check it out. Um, other than that, there's not much else to say about it. It's it's okay. Like, it's not anything that grabbed me, but it wasn't bad, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't like, ah, fuck this fucking show. It, 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 it did its stuff, and when season two comes out, I will watch it. Like, I'm already like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a second season, but I'm not like, going in the news going where is it where is it what's the next word of the show or anything it's just something that i guess if you just want more fantasy stuff and you're running out of it you could check this out uh is what i'd probably say overall right. yeah but that's it for me and back to you if you want to do another uh, we could either do one more for you or we could stop here whatever you'd like we are about to be an hour in um yeah you know what Let's just keep it a nice hour. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So we got we got two games and we got a couple shows out of the way. Um We're getting there. We're getting there, right, James? I think yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. I'm like surely. trying to cool it with my list a little bit because like yours is still way longer than mine at this point. So I'm try- I'm actually almost current. Just like the only the thing that I was thinking about talking about was like the devil all the time. Just because mm-hmm. I watched that a while ago. But like I don't want to just be like, oh, man, what what did I think about that? Like right now. So like I might want to like refresh myself before I talk about that again. I gotcha. Yeah, because I'm looking at um, I think so. This Friday is the live stream for the Destiny reveal. And OK, I might have some homework for you, James. We'll see. OK, Um, but. (laughs) Either, I think, if we can, if we can, I think our next episode, it's either going to be 113 or 114. It's going to be potentially all Destiny. We'll see. Okay. 
works. I think 113. If we can if we can get things done fast enough, we should be able to do it the next episode when we have that full stuff. And then uh 114 and 116 when we record that one next week also will be more of this backlog stuff. We'll keep going through it all. Um we're catching up. Like I think the next things I'll talk about, guys, you'll hear me talk about Mayans, more Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous, Pulgasari, Black Lightning, stuff like that. So we're we're nearing closer and closer, and I think I will attempt to slow my backlog list of adding more things by uh, watching more shows that are longer lasting. Like I started watching JoJo. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going fast. Like, I'm doing like, oh, I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to watch one episode today. And I'll probably talk about it one season at a time because it seems like a show where each season's so standalone. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably like, go through that. There's definitely, like, I can't remember if there are certain arcs that are multiple seasons, but there's definitely, like, very distinct, like, series between yeah. the show. So I'm watching that on my own, uh, one piece at a time. I'm actually watching one piece with a friend. Very, very slowly, but Good surely. luck with that for, like, the next three years. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's, like, shows like these where I'll probably just do one season at a time when I do talk about them because it seems like they're going to take a long time. But that, I'm watching... I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm with a friend as well. Ooh, okay. Um, so I'm watching with a couple people. I'm also watching... Um, I think, actually, Bad Batch just finished, so we could add that to, like, our more main, like, presentation of stuff along with like army of the dead and the others that we still have to go through. But, uh, I think guys, yeah. So we're going to try to get through all of the main, like backlog backlog stuff after that, all the things we've been wanting to talk about that are like the bigger name things. We'll start kind of focusing on those after all this is done. And those will be like the episodes will revolve around things like Godzilla, singular point army of the dead, black widow. Um, those Disney movies that I still haven't watched yet. Uh, all this shit. So we'll, we'll get to that all in due time. Just, uh, yeah, I think the next maybe three to four episodes, maybe a little bit more, will be just focused on just the catch-up stuff still. But we're getting there, I think, Jims. And if I keep this up, especially with the games I got too, like, I probably have nothing, like, I'm trying to plan on The Last of Us Part Two. I'll have nothing to say on that, because we already did a whole special on that, so I still won't have anything to add. So I think, in terms of adding stuff, now that I'm not a- actively trying to look for Fast and Furious movies... Uh, the list is going to stand still mostly unless I go watch like Jungle Cruise and Green Knight yeah. or something. Fair so. enough. We'll see how that goes, but we'll, we'll keep going too. Um, once we pass, I think, all our big games, like once I get through Days Gone and Jedi Fallen Order, uh, things will go even faster. Those are like the two last big hurdles, I think, on my list. But uh, yeah, with that said, of course, you guys can definitely write into us at Suture Side Talk at gmail.com uh send us comments feedback you can send us questions we can answer on the show and of course uh please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on if it's apple podcast leave us that five star review that really help us out and of course you could follow us on twitter and instagram at Sutra side talk you could follow james on twitter at invader jim 124 and you could follow me on twitter at gogocomzilla and uh yeah we'll we'll keep this going and I think by the time you listen to this, uh, I do want to say I will have some special content if I can. Uh, I might try to do a thing where I record random dialogues with me and some friends in Georgia. That'll be probably 
up to it, down to it related. So I'll just like make a mini episode of that for people just to have like some fun content there. And uh, we'll probably do a lot of Instagram live stuff uh, at the parks, preferably probably when we're in line. So you might catch me in the Brandons on Instagram live doing stuff while we're in line for like fucking Star Wars land or some shit. And uh, maybe we might record something there. I don't really know. I think it's also unrealistic, but uh, we'll see if we have any extra content from that too. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how that all goes. But until then, uh, catch you guys next time with another pre-recorded episode next week. (laughs) See you later. Thanks for listening.